Boundaryless Kayak Fishing Podcast with your host, Mark Goodrow. Hey guys, man, do I have an exciting podcast for you today. Um, just got done with an interview with Christine Fisher. Um, if you haven't heard of Christine yet, you must be living under a rock when it comes to the kayak fishing world. Um, she is an absolute beast on the water. Uh, really cool, interesting story. Um, grew up in Nebraska and ended up just recently kind of ditching her job and just going for it and um, really kind of pursuing her passion and doing what a lot of professional fishermen do. Um, you know, all the pros are, are on the road all the time fishing. And, you know, if you really want to win at a pro level, that's what they do. And that's exactly what Christine did. She's got a camper van. She travels around the country and she hits up kayak fishing tournaments. Um, and, and not just goes to these kayak fishing tournaments, but she's winning most of them. Um, just last year in 2019, two huge wins. Um, one in the KBF, the kayak bass fishing series, the trail series at Lake Chickamauga, winning her about $2,000. And then she went on and won the Hobie BOS, the Bass Open Series, and won over $5,000 at that one. Took first place in both of them. Um, so absolutely huge year for her. A lot of amazing potential uh, ahead for her. Some are saying this is going to be one of the biggest upsets to the bass fishing industry and just bass fishing talk in general in the last 20 years um, for a female to come into the sport and dominate the way that she has recently in these kayak fishing events is something that doesn't come around very often so it's really exciting to see um, she'll be talking today and kind of breaking down uh, her kayak what kayak she's in this year you know what she's had in the past why she prefers this one um kind of what she has on her kayak in terms of accessories what she thinks is critical and also um talking a little bit about you know some of the tournaments she's going to be in um unfortunately what we're looking at this year with the whole coronavirus you know and i feel bad for all pro tournament anglers and and then the athletes um you know, they're in a situation here where if some of these tournaments get canceled, you know, that's, uh, she's expecting to be able to place in the top 10 of a lot of these events and expecting to kind of come home with a check from a lot of these. So this is part of her salary in a sense is getting to partake in these tournaments and hopefully winning them and getting some checks. So it's going to be tough if these tournaments don't happen this year for everybody that, uh, is spending a lot of money to, you know, get to these tournaments and partake in it. So hopefully everything turns around. Hopefully she's able to get out fishing a lot. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not going to do, uh, I'm not going to do any dilly dallying. We're going to get right into it and listen to the interview. Um, wise, wise advice. Uh, one of the things I love about her is that, you know, she doesn't just chase bass. She loves going out and musky fishing uh, smallie fishing on rivers. Um, I think she fishes five to six days a week, if not seven. Um, but she really likes chasing big muskie and big pike and kind of more multi-species. I think she's done some catfishing in the past too and everything, um, where a lot of people, especially people in these trail series are mainly going after bass. You know, she really likes to 
even on our off days, uh, go out and catch other species. You'll also hear her talk and really, you know, she comes off and she is, um, you know, as a professional angler, you know, really talking about how she takes advantage of electronics and, and she mentions Aquaview and going out and scoping and pre-fishing, you know, things that are really critical to success if you want to win in some of these big tournaments. So it's really cool to hear from her, uh, kind of some of the things she does and just, you know, if you want to get better at fishing, you really got to get out there a lot. You got pre-fish, you got to understand the water you're fishing, um, start understanding the different types of structure, the different types of weeds, uh, grass and that kind of lake. And, um, it's tough to beat time on the water with that, but not just time in the water, but, you know, she mentions hooking grass, you know, and pulling it up and looking at it. Um, she really is kind of has gone to that next level in terms of just learning how to fish, not just uh, being an angler, but, you know, truly learning and digging into why would the fish be here at this time? And uh, that's what wins you tournaments. So um, that's great. If you want to follow her more, uh, her Instagram handle is Midwest Fisher Gal. Um, has a big Instagram following. She posts almost daily. Um, great one to subscribe to there. She also has a uh, YouTube channel, some great videos on YouTube. Um, she takes you along, you know, she, she posts several videos, uh, at least a video a week, and she takes you along on a lot of trips. She's start, starting to get into more, you know, training and teaching. Um, just the other day, I was watching one, uh, how to break down rivers and, and search for kind of the hot spots in rivers. So she really uh, does a great job on YouTube and brings you along and Man, you should see some of these musky and smallmouth that she's she's catching. Uh, a lot of them times too, she's filming during her tournament, so you can actually watch some of her tournament footage, which is really cool to see her in game mode. Um, but, anyways, so follow her on, on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, I connected with her. I am an ambassador for Omnia Fishing, as many of you probably know. Uh, Omnia just picked up Christine Fisher, so she's being sponsored by Omnia, which is a much better and higher higher level than I'm at, I'm sure. Um, but really happy to have her on the team. If you guys want to learn more about Omnia Fishing or uh, want to get a discount on lures, check out Omnia Fishing. You can use G-O-U-D-2-0, G-O-U-D as in dog, 2-0, and that will get you 20% off your first order. Um, one of the things I really suggest you checking out is going and checking out the membership option. I think it's around $30. Um, you might be able to even chat with them in the corner on the website. They might bring that down for you a little bit. Um, I think it's $30, but you get a membership and that gets you free shipping no matter the cost of the order, uh, which is really nice. I mean, free shipping might pay off in about three orders for you. If it's 10 bucks each time. Um, so you get free shipping, but then you also get 10% back on every order, which has been awesome for me. Um, you know, spend a few hundred dollars a year on tackle. Um, you know, I spend 300 bucks and then getting $30 kickback uh, right away in gift cards. So what they do is with the 10% back is once you make the order, uh, so let's say you order 100 bucks in gear, 
then you'll get an email within about 10 minutes and you'll get uh, basically a gift card for 10% of that. So you get $10 back on a gift card emailed to you directly. So um, there's no waiting. There's no waiting until the end of the year. It's not like REI or something where you wait till the end of the year and then you get your dividend. Uh, once you make a purchase, you get your 10% back in a gift card right away. So um, it's nice to have a little extra money to put towards the cause and get a few extra lures at the end of the year, kind of throughout the year. But yeah, check out Omnia Fishing. And I think that's about all I have. Like I said, I'll skip everything. We'll get back to probably a normal episode next in a week or two. But for now, here's the interview with Christine Fisher. Enjoy, guys. Thanks for listening to Boundary This Kayak Fishing Podcast. And one more thing real fast. I don't think I touched on this quite enough, um, but the respect I have for Christine Fisher is just unbelievable. Um, like I said, to come into a male sport as a female and to dominate and to have the kind of character that she has is just awesome to have in the kayak fishing uh, industry right now. She really just goes above and beyond to do things that are right. She's a great role model. You know, she she has another podcast, which if you guys listen to a few more of hers, um, I really suggest you do. But she really talks about, you know, just being a role model. And, you know, she you can't find a picture of her in a bikini or anything like that, where a lot of women anglers out there nowadays are, you know, using their body somewhat to move ahead in the sport. But Christine Fisher has done nothing but grind it out, put the work in and come in and, and just get some wins under her belt in the largest kayak fishing tournaments that you can. So just props to her for kind of sticking to her roots, you know, doing it the hard way and really building up uh, an amazing fan base and just bettering the sport. So I want to say that real quick. And one more thing before we get going, there were some slight issues with some of the sound. Um, a little difficult to hearing at either end at times. So there might be a brief five-second pause or so here and there. So if you kind of hit a pause, uh, just ride through it. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, sorry about those sound issues, but we'll get into it here. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Boundaryless Kayak Fishing Podcast. All right, guys, I got Christine Fisher on. The Midwest Midwest Fisher Gal. Christine, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. It's a pleasure being on the show, and thank you for having me. It gives me something to do today when it's kind of raining and uh, actually almost snowing here. So uh, it's it's an indoors day for me. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you at right now? Um, so I, right now I'm in North Carolina, um, kind of up in the mountains outside of Fleetwood. So I've got the New River, the James River, and a variety of lakes in Virginia, North Carolina, and Tennessee, all within about two hours. So this was uh, this was planned this way. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised it's it's kind of starting to snow down there and everything, but you never do know this time of the year. No, they they actually some of their largest snowstorms here in North Carolina, I've learned, have have come in March and April. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, I, I know a background on you, but most of my listeners, they, they probably do, but some may not. <laughs> but right now, you're basically just traveling around and fishing, right? Can you still hear me, Christine? Okay. There you go. You cut out there okay. for a second. But no, I, uh, I got you. 
what I was just saying is you're you're basically just traveling around and fishing right now, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, that the yeah, that's okay. full time for me. Dropped everything and went for it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, almost two years now. So it's uh, it's it's been a neat neat right. neat ride. And for sure. um, right now, I know you fish a lot of Hobie Bass Opens and KBF trails. Are there any other trails you like to fish? Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I started fishing the grassroots trails locally back in Nebraska. Um, but I kind of made the, the jump to fishing most all national trails now. So that would be, you know, include the Hobie BOS, KBF and, um, BASS just came out with their series this year oh, and I wow. fished their how, first how one as well. How many tournaments do you have planned this year? Well, I had, gosh, I think I had 20 on my schedule for this year. Um, I usually average about 15 to 20. Okay, a year. Yeah. And I know we were talking off air a little bit about how coronavirus is going <laughs> to interrupt the season a little bit this year, but, but we'll see how that all shakes out. Yeah, it'll definitely be a, definitely be interesting to see. Um, you know, I, it is kind of nice to have a little bit of downtime. I was on, I was going to be on a five weekend in a row, tournament bender all over the country so i got through three of them and then the next two got canceled so it was a little nice i got some time to kind of breathe and get my gear you know back in working order so i do appreciate that every now and then take a little time sort everything out how has the big fishing been this year have you been able to fish since basically january then What was that? Sorry. Mark, Have you been able to fish since since January? Have you been fishing this full year already? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, January, I was actually back home. Um, I, I ice fished for the first few weeks of January before I came back down south for good and uh, kicked off my year fishing. Um, I think I had a tournament down in Lake Seminole and then I kind of went to Texas and then back over. I was kind of all over the place the first few months of the year, but yeah, I've been on the water nearly every day um, since then. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Um, well, great. Now I kind of want to dig into kayak fishing specifically. I know you've done a lot of great podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of them. Uh, you kind of breaking down your tournaments and, you know, different bass techniques and where you've been but I want to dive in a little bit to the kayak fishing side and, and hopefully keep this relatively short. I know your time is valuable, um, but let, let's dig into first. What, what kayak are you fishing out of this year? I am in the uh, Hobie Pro Angler 14. Yeah, you went to, up to 360. the 360. This year. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did. I made, I made that jump, um, from the, from the, uh, just regular. Right. Right. What, what type of kayaks have you had in the past? So the first, I mean, aside from like the wreck kayaks, you know, I've been kayak fishing for gosh, you know, 10 years, probably then a little more seriously, probably for six years. And I bought a used Jackson Cuda when I lived back in Nebraska to, to fish my first local tournament back there. From there, I uh, actually got on Jackson's kayak fishing team, and I fished out of uh, a Mayfly, um, a Cuda HD, um, and I had a Kusa as well. 
Um, and then about a year after that, I, I spent some time in the Hobie kayaks. Um, and I, I just kind of skipped over all of them and went <laughs> straight for the Cadillac, which is the Pro Angler 14. And once you get in that boat, it's just, it's not super easy to, uh, to get back into anything else after that. So that's what I've been in um, for no, the last absolutely. few years. Yeah. And, and one of the things I kind of preach to a lot of people on this podcast is you don't, you don't necessarily need to have the, the Cadillac of all kayaks. You can start in one of those wreck kayaks or, you know, the Jackson Mayfly, another great kayak, like you mentioned, um, you know, and for that $1,000 price range or so, you know, you can get into kayak fishing and, and enjoy it. But like you said, once you go, I, I have a Hobie Pro Angler 14 and a Hobie Outback and uh, I, I, I love them. Ah, do you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're they're wonderful. It's really tough uh, once you go with that Hobie pedal drive to to go with anything different. But um, no, that's awesome. And then, do, do you bring any other kayaks? Do you bring a backup kayak, or just just stick with the three hundred and sixty this year? I'm just sticking with the three hundred and sixty this year. Um, I, I'm kind of going for. I was a little, you know, anytime a company comes out with a brand new like innovation, you always have a little skepticism on. Gosh, do I wait the first year until all the kinks are worked out? Um, but Hobie's warranty department is so efficient, and there's th- those guys are, you know, they're they're pretty much on the top of their game. So I felt pretty comfortable just going with that and letting it ride for the year and. I've had that thing in the ocean. I've had it down in the Gulf. I th- I, I'm fishing with it out in Virginia on these super shallow rivers and shoals and rapids, fish, big, big water, small water, everything in between. And it's, it's been pretty yeah, phenomenal. I'm digging into so. that a little bit because you're one of the few people that I've talked to that have actually been in one for longer than about a week. <laughs> um, so, <Yes. laughs> I mean, how big of a game changer is, is that 360? I'm used, I've, Worked with the 180 and going in reverse is a must for me. But how much of a difference really does that kind of being able to go let's drive to the side? I don't know what you'd call it, but how much of a difference does that make? So I'll be, I'm going to kind of level with y'all here. There's a few times where it is noticeably, um, it impacts the way you're able to fish. And that is when you're fishing in current. So on the river, being able to navigate um, in the river and both down in the Gulf with like the tidal, you know, conditions and, and different, you know, crosswinds and stuff down there, you're able to literally move that boat in ways that it's just, I can't even explain. Um, like I, I'll snag up and I'll, I'm literally, when that current's pushing your boat down, I can move backwards diagonal you know around a rock here or you know out of a overhanging tree here or be able to flip around and kind of cruise through the eddies in such a way to where it's just it's so tough to be able to explain how impactful it is unless you're out there doing it um and even on like you know i fished a tournament down on lake fork and there was there there were these patches of floating alligator grass and the first day um i had I didn't actually fish that tournament in my 360. I used one of AJ's for a day of practice and I was able to like almost weave through those floating patches of alligator grass that were real in this, this tiny little pond in the area I was fishing. Um, just like S weave my way through them. And when I got back in my boat, 
it was almost like, gosh, I can't move like that anymore. Like I have to reverse, go here, you know, you get my, get my paddle out and kind of just make this different deal. Um, so I did kind of notice that where it's not as necessary to have it on big water like that. It, I don't know how I'll be able to do without it now, you know, on rivers or anywhere with current or, uh, you know, windy conditions, um, or down in the Gulf. It's, uh, it, it is really absolutely yeah, fascinating. I've heard, I've heard it is a game changer. Yeah. Like you said, in, in certain conditions where you really need, uh, to be able to kind of fine tune the direction you're casting and kind of the direction you're facing, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah, you, yep. you know, with Your the current movements. drive, you might be able to stick in one spot and fish it. But you might also be facing, you know, doing kind of those weird, awkward side casts. Um, and I think this will really straighten you out. That's yep. that's awesome. That's great. And, and are the kick-up fins, can you explain that and tell me how those are working for you? Yeah. Those, so I actually was pretty fortunate. Hobie sent me um, a, a set of them back in like August, I think, or even maybe before that, because um, they knew I was all over the country and could get some some test time on them before they kind of came out. And I didn't know, I didn't even care about the 360 because the kick-up fins were so awesome and so needed for Hobie, you know, overall. You know, there I can't tell you how many times it was such a pain. I'd smoke a stump down at Lake Fork and, you know, the graveyard of Hobie Drives down there. And I was like, man, you know, this, this, I just wish there was something they could do to fix that. And those things have been phenomenal. Um, and grass, obviously, you know, stumps, rocks. I, I, I completely beat mine up to no end. And that was just, that was more impressive to me okay. than the 360. 100%. Right. Like, and without I mean, you're a doubt. just hitting these stumps and they're just kicking up. You glide over them and, and you start pedaling again and they're right back. You're, yep. They re-engage that, immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is big. I mean, if you think about it, you know, out here in the rivers and stuff, we've been, I've been fishing out here for two weeks now and I've encountered probably 10 to 15 other kayak anglers that I've, I've never met before and a couple shop owners and they're, you know, they, they say, what boat are you in? I'm like, oh, I'm in a Hobie uh, PA. And they're like, well, you can't, you can't take that where you're going. And I was like, hmm, that's really odd. Well, I go, we put our boats there and there's other people, there's other kayakers and, and, pet, and paddle kayaks. And they're like, I don't know if you, that, you know, you're going to put a mirage drive on this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, fast forward an hour later, we're sitting there at the base of this dam in super shallow water, holding our position in this current fishing. And these the guys that are paddling are just like blown away. But what we can do, you know, the mirage drive, people don't understand that with normal drives, you know, you have to pull the drive right. a lot of the time to because you can't go super shallow i put one foot forward and cruise over inches of water these like super shallow shoals with with yeah with absolute water kick right? and then automatically mm-hmm. yep and it's it just a lot of these guys are it's changing the way they're seeing hobies just by seeing how effective they are on the rivers even the pro angler you know that giant boat i i take it all i musky fish in my rivers in tennessee and that thing exclusively and never have a problem i, I don't want to be in any other boat <laughs> right yeah see and I, i've always pulled I, I fish the mississippi river up here in minnesota a lot for big small mouth and uh, i tend to leave my mirage drive at home um 
because of that reason. And a lot of times when I'm flowing down river, I end up, you know, kind of turning around and I'm always worried I'll come up uh, on some rock piles or something, but this has me thinking mm-hmm. about it a little bit, being able to just keep them down and knowing that, you know, should I run in some rocks or something, those kick up and don't have to worry about any bent, uh, bent drives. Oh yeah. That, that's not, that is a thing of the past now. It, I mean, it really, you can smack <laughs> those things as hard as you want into anything. And it's just, I mean, they're, they're just indestructible. And I, you know, I've put mine through the ringer and I've been really, really impressed with yeah. them. No, that's awesome. Um, now one of the things with the pro angler, I mean, these, this is a, a big and heavy kayak. I mean, this is a 14 foot, like you said, Cadillac. Um, oh, yeah. 130 pounds um, um that's unloaded right. i mean and you, yeah and with all the gear i'm sure you have um that becomes a, a heavy kayak how are you getting this on the water i mean are you trailering it or um so the first year i had a i had an suv and i, I bought a trailer for it and i just back my trailer and treat it just like a bass boat I'd back my trailer into the water, um, no matter where I was. And then it, it, it was so, gosh, it was easy to do it that way. But a lot of the areas I like to fish are these backwater sloughs. And there's this area way up these rivers. And you well know that some of those ramps don't accommodate trailers very well. So I sold my SUV. I bought a truck. And I got that, uh, t- that uh, um, the okay, T-bone, yep. the bed extender. And... I just, you know, that I found for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like a buck 30 <laughs> at best, and I'm, but I'm tall. And so the height advantage really helps me. Um, and I, I'm, I'm pretty strong for how, for how oh, skinny sure. I am. And it's, it's, it's not really a problem for me to just put the nose of my PA up on top of that T-bone, walk behind, lift the back end of it up, and then throw it in the back of my truck. And a lot of times I'm doing that multiple times a day, you know, especially if I'm pre-fishing and I want to cover a lot of water, I'll put in at three, four, five ramps a day and I'm unloading and unloading my boat. And now I'm not going to lie to you, that very last <laughs> ramp at like seven o'clock at night, I'm feeling that there, I can't, I mean, there's, there's no getting around that. I definitely feel yeah. that <laughs> and usually take help if it's offered. <laughs> right. Are you, are you running any wheels on it? Do you have those boondocks wheels or anything like that to help or? You just get close um, enough to the ramp. I've got the Hobie. Oh yeah, I get I get close enough to the ramp, but most unless it's a really really busy ramp, and then I've got those Hobie the Hobie cart um, that I just turn my kayak on its side, put the wheels in, and then drag it up if if the ramp's super busy and I don't want to take you know take any yeah. space up. No, awesome. That's that's great. One of the things I've kind of learned is if you can make that loading and unloading process simple with your kayak, it's, it's a game changer. You end up getting on the water so much oh more. Goodness, yes. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I still car top, but I'm getting, I'm pretty efficient at car topping. So, um, you know, if you can make that a five minute process, then, then you're set. You end up on the water a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah. Car topping a, a PA is no well, joke. Well, I wouldn't though. car top a PA. <laughs> so I, I got Okay. Well, people do. I've, I've seen it happen and I'm like, man, there's, I can't, nope, I can't yeah, do that. Yeah, I'm too worried about my car. <laughs> um, no, I, I car top the Outback. I do, I do have a trailer for the, for the PA. Yeah. For the Pro Angler. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those trailers do make it really yeah. nice. <laughs> certainly convenient. Um, and then getting, getting more specific than what you have on your kayak I mean, what do you consider some of your must-have accessories that you're running? 
Um, the must electronics for me obviously are huge. Um, I have Pinpoint GPS point one. Um, I've got the HDS nine live with side scan. I mean, I, I've, when I'm uh, when I'm fishing, I've got to have that. Um, electronics are big for me. Uh, another thing I've got on there that's pretty crucial is a power pole, the micro yep. power pole. Um, that thing, especially in the early spring, if you're bed fishing or fishing up shallow or anytime you're fishing shallow, gosh, that's been, that can be pretty big. Um, another thing I, I have an AquaView underwater camera that I've done a lot with the last few years, and that's been a really neat addition to my open water, um, fishing to kind of see, you're literally able to see, yeah, you're literally able to see what's down there. Uh, what structure, the type of, you know, what color the crustaceans are, the the t- quality and quantity of bass that live under these deep docks. It's just, you know, that kind of stuff's always fascinated me, just to see what's going on underwater. I've always been enthralled with that. So that's been kind of a neat thing. Um, those three are, there are, are items that usually come with me at all yeah, times. Yeah, I've seen the AquaView camera um, a few times now. I've never actually used one, but it's definitely interesting. It really, and, and you know, if people want to up their fishing game. I think it becomes important to be, you know, a, a student and be learning. And I think that's one of those items that kind of gives you that, you know, that real look at what's going on under the water. It's, it's something you can't really duplicate unless you feel like going snorkeling, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, you, it can tell you so much. I mean, your electronics can only do so much. You can obviously, tell you know what type or color vegetation is by you know hooking into it bringing some of it up um but there's there's a lot more you can do with an aqua view to really get down and see what's going on down there it's pretty it's pretty fascinating are those legal in tournaments right now they are yeah cool i don't use them in tournaments though but i um, just because I don't want to, a lot of times I don't want to take the time, Right. but pre-fishing, you better believe it. No, it's with me. And if I see something I want to kind of drop down on, um, it, it's, uh, it's definitely been very useful for me in my pre-fishing. Right. Yeah. When you combine that with some of the, like you said, the electronics nowadays and, uh, yep. that really will let you understand what's under the water. And did you say you're running Absolutely. that live scope? So you're able to actually see in front of the boat too, in real time or? Uh, the not so that's Garmin. I have the Lowrance HGS Live. Okay. the The Live Scope looks phenomenal. Um, that and that I'm really, really looking at the Hummingbird 360 as well. Um, I'm think I'm going to switch up my electronics actually moving forward here for this year, and I, I've been eyeing that that uh, Mega 360 for a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't seen those, and man, you can just see the the fish swimming by. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so it's 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 really it's just. It's it's like cheating, right? I know, right? At what point does it all become cheating? But um, I know. Until then, hey, might as well use it. Yeah, if it's legal. Yeah, and then you mentioned uh, the power pole, and, and I have one of those on my pro angler too. And it's kind of it's kind of like those changes that Hobie made to the Mirage Drive. You know, when you're you're in that specific conditions where you need to anchor in shallow water and stick in one spot, it is. It's one of those game changers, um, really cool accessories to be able to throw on a kayak. Oh yeah. And those micros just, they're, you know, it's effortless. I'm really, really a big fan of those things. Yeah. Um, great. 
switching gears a little bit, um, I know you do a lot of big fish fishing, and by big fish, I mean muskie and pike. Um, I mean, how, how did you get started in kind of that type of fishing? Uh, well, that's actually my roots. Oh. That's how, that's what I grew up doing. So bass fishing wasn't ever my thing, you know, aside, you know, say for a few Nebraska Midwest farm pond trips, you know, I didn't really particularly enjoy bass fishing near as much as I did. Um, I, I was raised pike, muskie, walleye, perch fishing. That's, that's what we did. Um, that was kind of our, our big thing. And my family was infatuated with it. So naturally I was too. Um, and from there, you know, I, I've always been just borderline obsessed with pike and muskie. My, that's been a thing my entire life. You know, I would, I was the girl who was, you know, 10 years old <laughs> looking up world record pike and where they come from and knowing that I want to go to Europe someday and go over there and fish for them. That's just been, that's just been something I've done my whole life. I love, you know, they're, they're the most incredible predators that we have in our freshwater systems. Like how could someone not be just completely infatuated with them? That's awesome. Um, do you have any tips for, you know, yeah. how, once you get one in, I mean, do you have any tips for kayak anglers in terms of what, you do once you have a huge muskie next to your boat yes I, I i absolutely do so that i know that happens a lot with uh muskie are notorious for loving small mouth baits or bass baits you know of course they do it's an easy meal for them and um it, it can uh, be very intimidating for a lot of anglers and you know if you don't if you're not prepared for it which a lot of times most people probably aren't taking a giant net or you know, long nose pliers or anything like that. Um, but I do always recommend if you're going to be fishing musky water, I know you probably, a lot of guys don't even own a net that's large enough to, you know, safely have them kind of resting in while they're getting stuff ready, but at least bring a pair of long pliers. That way it's, you're, you know, you're taking care of both yourself and the fish. Um, I really am not a big fan of those BOGO grips or any of those fish grips that people use. Um, I've seen them create really bad diseases in the fish's jaw and it's, they can, if, if, if you have one of those pairs and they thrash around, they can actually snap their necks and it's, you know, they don't do super well after the fact. Um, so the best thing I can say is if you're going to be fishing an area that, that you know has musky, um, do whatever you can to kind of maybe study up or watch videos on how to handle them beforehand or go out with somebody that knows and kind of understand the the safe practices because you know muskie are notorious for having a very high mortality rate um, especially in the late summer so anytime you know I, I don't actually target them when the water temperatures get above 75 degrees but if guys accidentally hook into them on light gear like smallmouth fishing i would highly encourage to uh get them as close as you can and just cut okay. the line, especially if it's a small, but yeah, cut, cut the line. Because if you, if you wear out and fatigue that fish, chances are that fish probably right, isn't going right. to make it. Yeah. And, and I like, you mentioned that boga grips too. I, I bought a pair because a lot of people have them, um, not specifically for pike or muskie, but, um, I, I used them for bass too. And, uh, I used them about twice 
And I just did not like how they clamped down uh, on the fish's jaw. I'm just like, I don't want to be torquing their jaw like that. Um, or I think it ends up hurting the fish more. Yep. So, um, it does, especially with a, with a fish that's, you know, upwards of 50 inches long and is a, just a big lean muscle that thrashes around. It's, right. it's, it's so, not so good you, for them. You try to bring them in fast, get them in the net. Do you kind of let them calm down in the net first before you go for the lure? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. What I, when I'm specifically targeting them, my net <laughs> is ginormous. It is, it's big enough for a 60 inch fish to comfortably stay completely underwater and swim around in that net. It hangs off of my kayak by like two and a half, three feet. So, I mean, it's huge. Um, and what I do is I get the fish in, keep it in the net, um, get, you know, just pull the head up, take the bait out, put the fish back in the water calm my nerves right. down a little bit and then make sure my GoPro's running set up and then lift that fish up with both hands. Um, try to obviously avoid the vertical hold. That's not good for them either. Um, as with most big fish and then put that fish right back in the water. So when I'm musky fishing or pike, big pike fishing, those fish are out of the water, maybe 10 right. seconds. No, and that's, that's a thing. And I think just being prepared, um, like you said, if you can have someone teach you, that's one of the best ways. I know the guy, a lot of the guys in the kayaks are a little scared because, you know, <laughs> you have a fish that's, yeah, yeah, a mouthful that's of teeth mouthful right of next teeth. to you. But <laughs> I think uh, proper net, proper gear uh, is essential there. And then just taking your time, um, making sure yeah. the fish is comfortable. Well, not too much time, but, um, you know, making sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And some, you know, some people just can't, they accidentally catch one and there's just nothing you can do. The best thing you can do is just do the very best that you can. Um, if someone's near you and can help out, uh, I know that up at St. Clair, Matt Scotch is another uh, well-known kayak fisherman. And I were fishing up there and he hooked into a muskie. Neither one of us had a net that was big enough. He was freaking out and I told him to calm down. I kicked up next to him and I've had so much experience with them that I'm able just to get in the water under their gill plate avoiding the teeth and pop the lure out in a matter of seconds um but that that's yeah. taken a lot of years <laughs> to get to that point where i can yeah you know, I'm comfortable say doing too, that. you know if if people are beginning and getting into bigger pike and musky um maybe go for a lure that's that's maybe a single hook or a single treble i know some of these lures have like three trebles and uh, they can be tricky when you're hooked, oh, you know, yeah. multiple spots in there. So lowering the amount of hooks will definitely make it yes. a little easier to uh, get that lure out. Yep, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right about that. No, that's uh, – I've seen the, the musky videos. I've seen the big, big pictures. Um, that's mm-hmm. awesome. You're, you're able to go out there and, and catch those big guys. Um Oh yeah. They're, they are my, they're my favorite. They're actually spawning here right now. So I'm kind of laying off of them. And that's why I've been fishing for smallmouth. but, um, here about late April, early May, better be ready for some, uh, I'm going to be ready for some serious <laughs> musky fishing. Good deal. I rarely get to do that because of tournaments. So I'm going to take advantage right, this right. year. Um, now when, we have a few tournaments that are pike and musky, but a lot of them are mainly bass. Um, are all your tournaments right now catch photo and release? I'm sure they are. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, I know a lot of 
people, uh, especially starting off, have a little trouble, you know, measuring the fish and making sure they don't flop and everything. Is there anything special you do or any techniques you've kind of developed to help make that whole CPR method a little easier? Um, yeah, I, well, you know, it depends in the pro angler. I've never had a fish flop out because the side walls are high. The boat is so wide that I, I don't, I don't hear people really ever have an issue there. Um, but if you don't have a boat like that, probably the, one of the things, you know, I, I used to fish in my CUDA and tournaments back home. Um, once you catch the fish, I, like I said, I make sure I keep it in the net, in the water. That kind of gives that fish a chance to kind of calm down. And while that fish is in the net, then I get my board, place it, you know, in front of my feet, make sure my identifier, I slide my identifier up to where I think that fish is going to be. Like, say, if I think I got like an 18 incher, I'll put it up a 20 so I don't have to move it around once that fish is on the board. Then I get my phone, I hold it in my, or I set it down or hold it in my right hand, make sure the camera's already on, grab the fish, put it on the board, keep one hand on top of it, and... Yeah. Easy as that. Well, <laughs> not easy as that, especially not with small mouth. But ideally, that, 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 I think that helps yeah, a lot. Practice is critical on that one. Um, and, and when you have it in the net, are you like looping the net under your leg or just holding on to it with the other hand? Or um, So my, I put the, the handle of the net okay. under the A trail. And, or if I don't, yeah, I just, you know, the net will be in the water um and the handle i either can hook it underneath the opposite atrial or yeah i put my leg on top of it or something yeah um i think it's one of those things that just just takes a little time i've never i don't think i've ever had a fish flop out on me either um but that's one of the advantages of kind of a wide kayak and (laughs) having a little extra room i'll actually sometimes throw my legs up on both sides um you know so so everything's kind of between my legs there, but no, it was great tips. Um, one of my last questions here is, is what do you do? How, how do you best handle the wind? I know you're getting in some situations where on some of these, you know, like I said, the currents and, and uh, wavy and windy malax and things like that. Uh, how do you best handle the wind in a, in a kayak? You know, we don't have a trolling motor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, well, that's another reason where the Mirage drive kind of shines. Um, obviously being able to, to pedal and be hands-free. Um, and then with the wind and, you know, large waves, it under, like having understanding boat position and boat control is very very important even on a kayak um and then using oh yeah oh gosh yeah absolutely um if you get your boat turned a certain way with the, with three or four or five foot rollers that's not going to be very good for you you know i i fish in saint Clair. i've been out in five or six foot rollers and honestly i i truly believe that kayaks handle those big rollers better than boats do um i was the last boat standing on a musky trip up there in no in October when it was the wind was unreal it was a crosswind coming across the current um, and rounding the jetty to get out to where these musky had pushed all these shad up against the rock wall was probably one of the most dangerous things I've done in a long time right. um, <laughs> maybe it wasn't necessarily smart but the boats you know the boat one of the boats almost flipped going back really? into the marina 
because you you're, you're you have you're coming up and you're coming so far down and it's it can be really dangerous where our vessels kind of can drift over the waves a little bit better um as long as you as you know now i, I don't want to say know what you're doing because you never want to you always want to be respectful of the water and not put yourself in a situation where you know something bad could happen and i pushed it a little bit on that one but using the wind and kind of understanding how to how to hold your boat and how to navigate the waves is big and then using the wind, uh, the wind is huge when it comes to being able to find your fish, you know, understanding how the wind affects the bite and positions the fish and bait is really big. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a huge thing when kayak fishing is to, to know, you know, obviously know your limitations, but then take yeah, advantage that, of the wind. That's something if, I've if done actually to. in a few recent tournaments, um, and that's one of the things I love about having a pedal drive is I, I see a lot of guys escape the wind and go into the little back bays and everything. And uh, I love getting right against those blown banks. And uh, I keep that drive oh, in yeah. reverse and I just keep my legs chugging the whole time and just cast and cast. Um, and, and definitely yep. a, a, I'll call it a relatively easy way to pull a few fish out of an area um, while they're feeding them. It's predictable. It'll just, you know, that's one of those times where you're allowed to kind of narrow down water and say, okay, this, this one's beating this bank right here, this point, and there's bait. It's kind of a no brainer. And you're absolutely right. Like using that, using a pedal drive is, is gosh, uh, I don't know how you do it. It's really one of the only ways I know to do it safely, unless you're fully anchoring up. Um, Do you, do you ever fully anchor up? I don't see many times in your videos where you're anchored at all. Mm-mm. No, I don't. I don't for a variety, especially not in wind or um, and in heavy wind or in current. That's really that's a that's can be a really dangerous thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I no, think. I know you, you anchoring in in those kind of situations will can turn uh, turn sour pretty fast, and it also leaves you in the position where yeah. if you do fall out, um, your kayak's still stuck there, and you're the one floating away, <laughs> which is never fun. <laughs> Yep, you're up. You are absolutely and, uh, right. Yep, <laughs> which is why we wear our life jackets. I, I did my last episode was on yes. safety, um, and I know you're always wearing yours, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, any drift socks or anything like that, or you're just using that Mirage drive the whole time and just just chugging. Um, yep, I'm. You're absolutely right. I'm using that thing the whole time. Um, I did back when I was uh, fishing in my Cuda. I did drill holes in a five-gallon bucket and throw them out back on Milford Reservoir fishing a blue cat tournament in my kayak. Um, that's about the only time I've done that, and that acted as like a redneck drift right. sock. Yeah, I, I before I got the Mirage Drive, I bought a drift sock, and it and it definitely slows you down. You know, I'd say it cuts it down to half, so it's not necessarily a bad way to go. You keep it, you know, two feet off the side of your kayak, so not nearly as much risk as an anchor, but. Um, you know, it'll slow you down. And then I always tell people, try to, try to use the wind to your advantage. You know, sometimes you can use it to drift through an area, um, really cleanly and nicely. So. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. You do that a fair amount. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Well, great. I think, I think that's uh, a lot of questions kind of related specifically to to the kayak that I wanted to hit. Is there anything else you, you want to touch on? Um, 
I don't think so unless you can think of anything. And that's pretty good discussion on my setup and gear and a little bit of what I like oh, to absolutely. do. Absolutely. Um, any sponsors or shout outs? Uh, yeah, I, I'll have to, you know, I, we've been talking about Hobie this entire time and I absolutely love that boat. And I've got a lot of really good companies behind me that kind of help make it possible to do what I do. Um, Omnia being one of them, St. Croix, Ram Mounts, Aftco, uh, Aquaview, Plano, Z-Man. Um, there, there's a bunch of them and I'm, I'm pretty grateful for them. I definitely align myself with good companies, reputable companies and good people in the industry. So I feel pretty fortunate no, for great. that. Love all those brands. And uh, just like we were able to talk a little bit about before um, we got on, but uh, I'm an ambassador for Omnia Fishing too, um, which is a lower level compared to you. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they're hook- hooking you up real good. I get. I get to just pay for my discounts, so that's how I work. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, that, that's not a. That's not a bad yeah, deal. Exactly. At all. Um, but no, I, I, it's funny. Yeah, I was talking to Matt over there a few months ago, and I just told him, I said, "Man, you got to talk to Christine Fisher. She's she's becoming a big deal uh, in kayak fishing and bass fishing world in general." And uh, sure enough, he said he's already talking to you. And then uh, just the other week, now I heard you're on the, the Omnia fishing team. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. And they're a great group of, group of guys here in Minneapolis, but they're operating out of a little warehouse and uh, excited to see what they, they have coming with their website and kind of the uh, specific lake uh, type of e e-retailing that they're doing should should be pretty awesome that's that's really cool yeah i'm looking forward to seeing everything that they do this year yep, with that. yeah shot by lake i'm sure you probably will get some good lists going and and people can oh yeah uh, i've already got three or okay four you got there. three or four lists so you guys can go to christine fisher on omnia fishing's webpage you can click on her name and she has a list of, of the exact gear that she's using while she's out on the water um so hey if you want to catch fish like you that's all you gotta do right just order it <laughs> it's that easy yep <laughs> do you have any codes or anything that, to help anybody out or otherwise i got one i don't think so okay yeah you I, if you've got one throw it up on there and let them, right. let them take yeah i got g-o-u-d 20 so g-o-u-d 20 um you can use that code that'll give you 20 percent off your first order at omni fishing so not not Very bad cool. you can get 20 percent off all your whopper ploppers and stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know those small moths like those and so oh, man, they're fun. um mm-hmm. but great well i appreciate you hopping on christine and uh hey have a good year fishing hopefully we'll catch up uh sometime soon absolutely thanks for having yep, me Mark. i'll catch you later bye now Thank you for tuning in to the Boundless Kayak Fishing Podcast. Enjoy your time on the water.